Welcome to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Hey, good morning, MD family. Welcome this Thursday morning, May the 20th. I'm so happy you're here. Thankful for this this unity and this feeling that we're all in this together, hanging on, holding on during this difficult season. So Roy, Melissa, Donetta, Linda, Keith, thank you. Thank you for joining in the family. Don't lurk. Jump in, dive in, identify yourself. If you're from Scranton, Pennsylvania, tell us. Go ahead and share it. Be proud of your Scranton heritage. Yeah, I don't know where you're from, but say hello to everybody. It's good to have you here. Terry, Jose, Mike, thank you for being a part of this. Welcome. And making this day and every day special, Monday through Friday, we come at 7 Central. We've been doing this since August 2019. And what a difficult season we've been a part of. But you've made it special. And what a great subject we have today. Rumors, just rumors. Have you heard what's going around? Yeah, been a lot of rumors through this ordeal. A whole lot of rumors. Upheaval, distancing, sickness, so forth, conspiracy theory. Our world has become an incubator for a rumor factory. It's a rumor factory. Some of these rumors are harmless, idle suspicions, whimsical thoughts, conjectures. Some, however, are harmful. And they're rooted in deep hurts, rejections, failures, insecurities, jealousies, hatreds, strifes. I never cease to be amazed at the rumors that can go around. And I I sometimes think we could spend our entire lifetimes trying to respond to all the rumors. Generally, generally, they're just best ignored and outlived. But on one occasion in the Bible, I love this, God responded to a rumor that was going around. And I'm so glad he did, because it's one of the most beautiful passages of Scripture, most beautiful sentiments found. We're going to look today at Jeremiah 33. Rumors, just rumors. Have you heard what's going around? Like, share, follow the page if you're watching on YouTube. Other platforms will be coming soon. Be sure to subscribe. So it's in this chapter of Jeremiah. God's speaking to and through his prophet. And I'm going to read this from a different translation. It's a more conversational one because I think it captures a conversational tone. And God asked Jeremiah, he said, Jeremiah, have you heard the saying that's making the round? The two families I chose, Israel and Judah, that I have disowned them. Have you heard that? Have you noticed that my people are treated with contempt and rumors are afoot that there's nothing to them anymore? Well, here's God's response. If my covenant with day and night wasn't in working order, if the sky and the earth weren't functioning the way I set them going, then and only then, You might think that I have disowned the descendants of Jacob and of my servant David, and that I wouldn't set up any of David's descendants over the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But as it is, I will give them back everything they've lost. The last word, God says to Jeremiah, I will have mercy on them. God said, I've heard the rumors. I've heard the rumors that I've abandoned my people. And I've heard the rumors 
and caught their hushed voices and their whispered tones and their mock concerns and the news has spread far and near. Have you heard it? Did you hear that I tossed Israel onto the trash heap and that Judah has been abandoned at the junkyard? God says, yeah, I've heard those rumors and they're nothing but rumors. I will have the final word. And can I just minister to somebody right now? I don't know what's going on in your life, but it can't be good. There have been a lot of great, great cataclysmic things happen. And at first blush, you look at it and say, this isn't good. This isn't good. But God's working things for good. And I, 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 I witness so many people struggling right now in states of emergency and states of despair. And I think this message is what we need to hear because people are looking at you and what you're going through and saying, uh-huh, the favor of God is lifted from their lives. Oh, they, they, they say it with such concern. They say it in such religiosity and spiritual superiority. Mm-hmm. Yes, they once were something, but looks like God, looks like God has abandoned them. And this is what God is saying to Jeremiah. I'm not going to abandon my people. You see, the prophet Jeremiah ministered to a group of people that were longing for deliverance from captivity. They knew they'd make a mistake. They knew they'd disobeyed God. But these people wished to see the day when people would be gathered again to Canaan's land. They wished to see the day when they could worship God again freely in the city of David. And their families could once again be reunited and captivity could be taken captive But their captivity had brought discouragement. And Israel is as common to the discouraged. Examine every word, every gesture, every act of God through the lens, through the prism of their discouragement. That jaundiced eye of the discouraged interpreted everything to be a slight, everything to be an insult, everything to be a mockery. God's people felt so all alone. Have you ever been there when you're so discouraged that everything you see just makes you more discouraged? Once envied by the world's finest, now Israel was the subject of many degrading rumors. People began to spread around that that precious nation of Israel was nothing but trash, abandoned by God. God had discarded it. God heard those rumors and he wanted his people to know. I've heard those rumors. I've heard what people are saying and they're just not true. Abandoned. That's how people have felt. Yolanda, Tiffany, Trenton, that's how people have felt during this time. Abandoned, deserted, forgotten, all alone. I've been watching some of those reunifications taking place through through uh, this year. People who are isolated, nursing homes, long-term care facilities, able to see loved ones again. And it's gripping. It's gripping. It's it's heart-wrenching because how the enemy preys on our solitude and our loneliness Can you imagine all of the lies, the devil's lies that have circulated? Rumors that people didn't care, loved ones didn't care. There's an island that goes unvisited in New York City. I don't know if you can go. People go to see Manhattan Island, Staten Island, Long Island, Roosevelt Island, Ellis Island, City Island, Coney Island, all the many islands in the boroughs of New York. But there's an island that has always intrigued me. No one ever visits. I don't know if you can visit. Someday I'm going to find out. It's called Heart Island. It's found just off the coast of Long Island. Nobody lives there. It's home to 
A Million Graves, the Potter's Field of New York City. It's a place where the homeless and the penniless are laid to rest. And one writer said it's the wasteland of the forgotten dead. How mournful, how terrible. But in this recent stretch of COVID-19, the burials have been more numerous out at Heart Island, more impersonal than ever, as if these lives didn't matter and if these people are all forgotten. But there's a monument in the middle of that island that defies the rumor. The monument is a huge white cross upon which these words are engraved. He calleth his own by name. As if the Lord says, you may be forgotten by the city. You may be forgotten by your family. You may be insignificant and turn that by others. Others may think you and your life do not matter. But God says, that's just a rumor. It's an ill-founded rumor. Don't listen to what's going around. Don't you listen to that. You matter to me. When I read, when I read in Ephesians 1 of the lamb slain from the foundation of the love, it tell foundation of the world, it tells me that the, the love of God began before time, that love is found in his grace and not in our perceived worthiness. As Paul said in Romans 5, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I'm not sure where all these rumors started. Well, maybe I am sure. Certainly we see the rumors of God's abandonment from the forked tongue of that serpent in paradise, insinuating that God didn't care about his creation, that God was holding back something good. You could be his God, but God's holding you back, Adam and Eve. Yeah. This this lie perpetuated down through the ages, this feeling that God's will is not the best, that somehow there's something better, that we're deprived, that it's been around a long time. It's so rare that God responds to rumors, but in Jeremiah, he does. He does. He said, I've heard those rumors going around. You've heard them, that I've abandoned my people. But if if my covenant with day and night wasn't in working order, if sky and earth were not functioning the way that I set them go, then and only then could you ever be justified to think that I would abandon my people because I'm not going to abandon you. Linda, Mike, Colleen, God's not going to abandon us. God wishes great things for his people. His love is steadfast. His mercy is great. His compassion is everlasting and he has great objectives and great dreams and goals for you and for me. The last book of the Old Testament, Malachi, prophesied that the son of righteousness, S-U-N, son of righteousness, will one day arise with healing in his wings. And on cloudy mornings, a rising sun does appear to have wings. Its slanted shafts of light come through the clouds at angle forming the wings for the sun. That's what the Lord says. There's going to be the sun of righteousness. The day star shall arise. I will gather you, Jesus said to Israel. I will gather you beneath my wings so that each rising sun every morning when we get up in this morning devotion, just remember God is thinking great things for his people. Psalm 139, how precious are thy thoughts toward me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand when I awake. I'm still with thee. Fulfillment in life comes when a person thinks God's thoughts. 
Happiness is not found in stewing over one's own thoughts or stewing over the lies of the enemy. Contentment is not found by listening to the devil's lies. People it can't be found uh, by uh, peace, can't be found by ruminating over the whispered thoughts and rumors of others. Gather up the thoughts of God. Look deep into his word, hide and store and treasure them in your heart. And watch what happens. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust and who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. As Psalm 46, 5, many, O Lord, my God, are the wonders you've done and the things you plan for us. No one can recount to you were I to speak and tell them there would be too many to declare. Not enough morning devotions, not enough morning devotions to say, I have not seen, ear hath not heard what God has prepared for those who love him. God has beautiful things prepared for you. Mike, Carolyn, Joyce, Tricia, God has beautiful things in store for you. And here in this life, God gives us tokens of his love. To those who felt abandoned, God said, let me, let me give you proof of my love. It's the covenant between day and night, and it's the foundations of the heavens. In the covenant with Noah, you remember in Genesis 8, 22, here's what God said to Noah. So long as the earth remains, there will be seed time, there will be harvest, there will be cold, there will be heat, there will be summer, there will be winter, and the day and the night shall not cease. God seems to say, do you want to know if I love you? Then look at the sunrise. And as long as that sun keeps coming up, that's my covenant with you. Now, if the sun ever stops shining, if it ever stops sending its golden light to chase away the night shadows, if the moon ever stops being the earth's nightlight, then, only then, are you entitled to doubt my love for you. The second proof lies in the ordinance or the foundation of the heavens. To the Jew, this meant the months of the year are the seasons more exactly. God seemed to say, you want to know if I love you? You want to know if those rumors that I've forsaken you are true? Then is spring giving way to summer? If the sun forgets to shine, and if the blossom forgets to bloom, if autumn is not followed by the winter and on winter's heels are not chased by spring, then, then and only then you can doubt my love for you. Is that beautiful? That's just beautiful. The poets, the songsters frequently dip their pens into that well of fathomless love. Uh, it, it was the year I was born. Paul Webster and Jerry Livingston wrote a song. Its first recording to reach the top 10 was sung by Johnny Mathis. And the, the, the song answers the question, how long will I love you? And the song goes like this. I love you till the bluebells forget to bloom. I love you till the clover has lost its perfume. You remember that song? I love you till the poets run out of rhyme. I love you till the 12th of never. And that's a long, long time. That's what God is saying to you. So long as the sun comes up, so long as the seasons change, you have my abiding emblems that I've not forsaken you. I've not forgotten you. As long as the sun shines, the moon glows and the stars twinkle, God is saying, I love you. That love that is constant and steadfast, we may deny him. 
but he does not deny us. God loves us day or night, winter or summer, young or old. His love is the same. Lift your eyes. Lift your eyes and listen closely with your heart and let the cry of the sea and the conch shell and of all creation resound with the profession of his love toward you. It was just before pandemic, there was a study done of a generation in America. Touch my heart. 2,000 millennials were surveyed. This is the generation born from 1981 to 1996. It's a generation that has sort of become a scapegoat for a lot of issues in our society. A lot of trash hurled at this generation. 2,000 of them were surveyed just before the pandemic. The result, 8 in 10 millennials in America, 80%, feel they're not good enough in nearly every area of their lives. They don't meet anyone's expectations, including their own. This is also the generation where we're seeing the rise of nuns, N-O-N-E-S. They had, they profess no religion. Could it be, could it be that the farther we get from God, the more we believe the enemy's lives? Yeah. The psalmist said, God satisfies the longing soul. And the hungry soul he fills with good things. But without that filling, then the enemy whispers into our minds and hearts. There was a song written that was popular popular at the close of my generation. Um, it was written in the early 60s and when the boomers were coming to a close, that generation. So much strife going on in the world, the riots and the assassinations had taking place. It was a, it was a difficult, difficult season going on, a transition season. And that's when JFK was elected and his administration was perceived as a hopeful moment. And it coincided with a new musical on Broadway about the legend of King Arthur. That musical was called Camelot. It was Robert Goulet, that great baritone voice in the role of Sir Lancelot, saying to Queen Guinevere, if ever I would leave you. Then season after season, he recounts his faithfulness. And he said, whatever I leave you, not in springtime, summer, winter, or fall. No, never could I leave you at all. It's the voice of a constant, steadfast love that abides, that is faithful. And the Lord says he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He is with us always. If you, if you ever feel abandoned, if you hear the rumor that you're on the outs with God, I want you to remember it's just a rumor. It's going around. The rumors may be flying. Everybody may be saying it's over for you, but our text disagrees because Jeremiah, God speaks to Jeremiah and said, the last word is this. I will have mercy on them. God will have the last word. And God says the last word is mercy. Love always has the last word. The wicked rejoice for a season, prematurely, I would say. The righteous seemingly are cast off for a while. Those who play by the rules, fight fair, color within the lines, they don't succeed for a while. But hang on, the sun keeps rising. The seasons are going to change. Love has the last word. The Jews worried. There was no descendant of David to be crowned king. Judah's last king had died childless. And they wondered about the fulfillment of God's promise of an 
everlasting kingdom. But what they could not see was an uncrowned king waited in the wings that David's throne would be inhabited by Jesus Christ, David's son and David's Lord, because love always has the last word for God so loved the world. Mercy is a royal prerogative. Yes, it is. And mercy is the last word. I read, maybe maybe you've heard the story of a woman who tried to kill Queen Elizabeth I. The woman was a servant in the palace. She hid the queen's bedchambers with a knife waiting to assassinate the queen. And prior Prior to the queen retiring that evening, guards found her, captured her, and when she was brought to the queen, the woman threw herself before the monarch, begging for mercy. And to the surprises of everyone, the queen said, I pardon you out of my grace. Remarkably, that pardoned woman continued to work as a servant in the palace, and from that moment on, became one of the queen's most faithful, devoted servants. Why? Because royalty says love has the last word. Everything else is going to fail. Games, power plays, politics, manipulative ploys, they will fail. But love never fails. Love has the final word. Brad, Love has the final word. Becky, Bridget, love has the final word. Winnie, Marcia, love has the final word. A rumor, a rumor. You've heard the rumor. They're just rumors. But a rumor is a false prophecy. It's a false prophecy given about somebody that you're worthless, you're out to pasture, long in the tooth, gone to sea, seen better days. You're broken. You're useless. You're worthless. You have no value to anybody. False prophecies, every one. Rumors, one and all. Do you remember the third Psalm? Let me try to wrap it up with the third Psalm. David is saying, Lord, how multiplied, how increased are those that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God's sea law. I mean, you're going to put that sea law on a minute. There's no help. Nothing. But I love verse three. But thou, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory, the lifter up of mine head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. And I'm going to go ahead and put a sea law on that. We serve a Scrapyard Savior, a junkyard Jesus, a Messiah who is at home in our mess. He is at home with the what might have been the wrecks. He loves making up. He loves making up and comers out of down and outers. You and I need a more sure word of prophecy. Don't believe the rumors. They're false prophecies. They're just lies. Because the sun came up this morning. Oh, it may be a clouded sky. There may be some flooding. There may be some difficulties in your life. But the sun came up this morning. The seasons, they are a-changing. And that means that God's love still has the final word. Thank you. Thank you, Morning Devotion Group. Thank you. Would you just leave a few prayer requests out to the side? Jose, Charlene, thank you. 
Just leave some prayer requests out to the side. Encourage one another in the Lord. Let's build up one another. And let's see what God has in store for us on this day. I look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. May the Lord be with you. Share this with someone else. And God go with you today. Thank you for listening to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Join us next time for another inspiring devotion. To support this ministry, please visit firstchurch.com forward slash give.